This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Meruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Code Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Morris, with me again, Mr. Jared Mariama. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jared. Hard to believe this is still going <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, I know everybody's like, oh, 2020 is behind us, but I'm like, oh, it's really going to be that different right now. <laughs> well, I think it's like the I beginning. I hate to be a downer you know. like that, but <laughs> I mean, it's really just another day look at it as season two of the pandemic okay so you know so we have to address some things that took place in last season but we're on to can it be just two seasons though can we be done after two seasons well i don't think that it's ongoing it's ongoing uh Um, all right well let's try not to be downers with this episode um Let's make it a little bit lighter. It doesn't matter. Fun. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> oh, what a pleasant co-host I have here. Well, you know, it's funny to me because, okay, we'll get off of this right away, but I feel like we kind of have to talk about it. But it's funny to Come me on. to see like these awful numbers and just the, like, I think so much of it is terrifying and I'm probably being a little too sensitive to it. But it's funny mm-hmm. to me how people can just be like, ah, forget it. I'm tired of doing this. I'm, I'm going to go, you know. I'm tired of staying out of the burning building. I'm going back in, you know, (laughs) that's how it feels to me. And it's amazing. Like, it seems so sad. And unless it seems like unless you have a, you know, a a personal connection to either yourself or someone, you know, um, then people kind of seem to be like, "Eh, I have to stay inside. My life is very hard. Well, you I mean, you called it early on and said that people are going to get tired of it. Yeah. Um, But I, I don't think anybody anticipated it kind of lasting this long and now being in it for so long from my perspective, at least it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. I'm looking at it. Like we probably have another year of this. Well, I feel like we have a countdown clock now, like uh, before it was like open-ended, like what if we don't get a vaccine for, you know, two years that, Mm -hmm. that could be awful. But now I feel like, well, you know, it's going to be a bumpy rollout to get the vaccines. But I think once we get there, uh, you know, I, again, I think I'll still be wearing masks for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's another thing. I think that, you know, in other parts of the world, when Mm -hmm. people are sick, they'll wear a mask. And it's just like, that's the thing. I think we will be, that'll be more accepted now um, after the fact. So, I mean, yeah, whether you adopt that practice or not, I think that's going to be, you know, more common to see that years from now it, to me it's like covering your mouth when you sneeze you know or, or you cover your mouth yeah. when you cough it's just like that it's nothing more than that that's it mm-hmm. so anyway okay that's enough of that <laughs> all right so this is i mean technically this is 2021 we're recording this but this is kind of going to be our look back at 2020 episode we're not going to do anything like we normally would in the past um and do like our favorites or our, a really structured list of 2020 but I wanted to at least like kind of take this episode as an opportunity to do a little bit of reflecting and just talk about some of the things that we did do this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, for, so we also opened this up. Um, we had questions you could ask us on Instagram. Oh, geez. That was actually last week. So one of these I'm going to start with because it 
goes into sure. uh, a category or topic. This is from our buddy Chris Akira, CKS Design. He asked, this is a pretty safe and generic question. What was our favorite project of the past year? Um, I will go first. There's, for me at least, like professionally, 2020 was kind of a big year. Um, I was able to do, go not by choice necessarily, but full-time freelance. Um, and I was able to work on a lot of projects as a result of that. Um, I did a lot of work with Stitcher this year, a lot of different projects, printing different merch for uh, different podcast designs. Um, I was able to do a number of official merch pieces for Conan O'Brien's podcast. Um, but I have to say, and this is, it's so crazy to think that this was actually part of 2020, but probably my favorite project was the Hilda piece, or there's actually two that I did back in January of 2020. That was obviously the beginning of the year and when people were still out and about um, before the lockdown and everything. So that was probably the last like art related thing I got to do in the air quotes real world. But yeah, that was probably one of my favorite projects of this past year. And so one of the things that I learned this past year. <laughs> so, Jared, you've been friends with me for I don't know how many years, but years now. And early on in our relationship, you would always try to give me like little art tips and advice. And just like a little bratty kid, I like was resistant so hard mm. for the first few years. Now I'm like more open to criticism and critiques, especially from you, because like. I mean, you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about. So when you get them, I actually have started to actually listen to you. Okay. <laughs> and I think one of the turning points was this Hilda piece, which we talked about before in an earlier uh, podcast, I think. But I was really struggling with the composition and you made a really simple suggestion. I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. And it really turned this piece around for me. Uh, this was almost but, a year ago now, right? I remember. I remember yeah, it was we were, January 2020. Yeah, because yeah. I remember talking about that. I was still like, I remember talking about, I was at the gym when we were talking about it. So I know it was <laughs> pre-pandemic. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I think everyone, I always say advice is difficult to take for anybody. Um, it depends on the person you're getting it from. It depends on the situation and, and the project like mm -hmm. that. I th but I think a lot of people are adverse to advice because it's, it's, it's one sort of admitting you don't know or, or you're questioning something, which is never easy for anybody. Right. Um, even though we are in a constant state of not knowing, we always pretend like we know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and with art, we want to make we want to pretend that everything is intuitive and it's part of our talent and our skill. And of course, we know how to do that. So it is difficult, I think, for most people to be open to any kind of uh, constructive criticism. Um, right. But... I will say in that case, that's just like a second set of eyes, you know, because you're, you're, yeah. your head's down and stuff so much that you don't you don't see it anymore. You're so focused on getting the character right, right or something. It's harder to do, to do that stuff, too. And it's not to say that you need to take the advice everybody gives you. But if you can sort of take mm -hmm. it and, and synthesize it in a way that says like, OK, I might not do that, but I get what you're saying. It's like, you know. Right. Balance or I will like say, though, I do take when I do take your advice, I in my head, I'm like, God damn it. This asshole is right. Yes, that would look better. I think that's how most people feel. And then we want to disguise it that. Oh, I didn't do what you said. I did this other thing. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, advice is a advice is a funny thing. Usually yeah. people you, just I, want to hear that they're doing they're on the right track. Yeah, I know this. I mean, thinking back to January and it's 
like hard to believe that that was part of this past year. And I know you didn't really have time to prepare for this, but do you have a favorite project or any sort of favorite things you worked on this past year? It's, it's amazing how fast and slow this year went by. Because uh, um, mm-hmm. if I thought this is where we'd be back in March, I you know that would have seemed like an eternity. But it has gone like March was fast terrible. and slow. Yeah, like March <laughs> and April were kind of rough, and then after that, it seems kind of a blur. Like everything kind of blurs together, and then mm-hmm. um, I think my favorite project though was probably the doing the print and the puzzle with uh, Pee Wee Herman like yeah that's really cool mainly because I got to have some phone calls with him he sent yeah. me a Christmas card it's just <laughs> it's so weird like to to be in that you guys are best friends we're, we're totally I'll, I'll best say it friends. for you I'll go to the playhouse uh, when this is all over <laughs> uh, but just stuff like that it's rare that I usually I'm working with uh, a third party right between mm-hmm. big clients yeah. or it's more of a studio like you're excited to work for Pixar um, so right. it's weird to be in connection with the actual person. And then you start thinking about like, oh, I got the, I was in junior high school when I saw Big Adventure. And, <laughs> you know, like it's just so weird to hear his voice and and, and to uh, have a discussion with him about like work. It, it's great. Though. Yeah. Very nice guy. So that's probably my favorite project. But I'll probably remember the most from this terrible year. Yeah, I mean, that is a cool thing. Um, I mean, I think you said it exactly right. When you do get to work on these cool projects, it's normally through yeah. uh, like an agency or yeah. a studio executive or some like a an admin kind of person is the go between. And um, um, you yeah. know what's the best thing about that is when the if it's a famous person like that or someone you really like, if they ask you to do revisions, you're just all like, okay, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know best. <laughs> you know, like that's. Uh, I think that's a good trick. Just if you want something done, have yeah, the, uh, that's have funny. Them I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that totally. That totally makes sense. Like if Conan like, Conan contacted you and said, "Hey, can you change it?" You'd be like, "Oh, sure thing, sure thing. Uh, what a great idea! I'm so stupid. How did I not see that?" Because I, you know, I bet you that like the the contacts that you would normally be communicating with, mm-hmm. they'll use that line like, "Oh, right. Conan actually doesn't like it when his hair." Right. Is that tall or whatever? But I'm sure that's just like a, a tactic, you know? Yeah. But having them actually come from their, their mouth, that's a completely different thing. I have great admiration for people who, who can sort of work without being, uh, I don't know. I think it's the fanboy in me. And it's like, you know, the nature of my work is pretty much fan art. So I think I come mm-hmm. from that world all the time when I do these things. But then you think like, you see those like behind the scenes where they're working with like George Lucas on, you know, Phantom Menace and they're like showing George five different concepts and stuff. And like, how do you just have this normal conversation? You know, like I think most people probably do probably sit there and go, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you see those people that are like, well, I don't know, George, I think this one's better. You know, you, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't how do you push back with somebody like that? I'd yeah. go back into that sort of happy business speak where you're like, well, yeah, it's, I appreciate everything you've given me. And maybe we consider, some, you know, <laughs> like just go into that. But it's a, yeah, I, I think it would be so weird. I'd be so easily intimidated by that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, for sure. Um, okay. Speaking of favorites, I think. I already, well, I already know the answer to this, but I finally finished it so we can finally talk about it on here. Your favorite show, and you said your favorite thing of 2020. Yes. Um, is The Queen's Gambit. I yes. actually finished it. So I, I'm not trying to be a downer or like just be you always in are. opposition you always are. to you yeah. here, but yeah. I really enjoyed the show. I loved it. I actually think, you know, if we're going to move away from traditional things, 
movies and the theater going experience is going to change somehow. Yeah. I would love to see studios and different uh, production companies putting money into like a limited series like this. So you do, because this movie or this, uh, the show was very cinematic mm-hmm. looking. The story was great. So I would like to see instead of doing a traditional like hour and a half, two hour movie, put that into a, doing tight, a really good yeah. limited series. Right, right, um, right, right. The only, and this isn't even like a gripe, but you said the finale was like so perfect. I don't have a problem with it, but I thought it was just fine. So mm-hmm. tell me what about the finale for Queen's Gambit really I don't know, got you excited or made you think it was so great. So one thing I think you, I do think you uh, lost a little by waiting so long to watch mm. this final episode between the the previous one and the you know you had a big gap there between uh, yeah it's probably like this. three weeks I think <laughs> that's just <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> that is so ridiculous so to me here's the thing when I look at when I look at shows like this when I find something that I really really like it tends to be this sort of uh, comprehensive thing it's not that i just really like the battle scene at the end and that's amazing and therefore it's my favorite movie um Mm -hmm. it's not it's like you look at this thing holistically and and take it in and that's why i think uh you know uh what i liked about this storytelling for queen's gambit is that it was very direct it's not like oh it's a twist and a turn and you don't know what's going to happen and oh we don't know you know it's like from the get-go you know what happened to her right like Mm -hmm. whereas i think a lot of shows now would sort of we're going to spoiler alert on this. So if you haven't watched it, don't listen to this part. If you don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> I, I don't think it's one of those shows that's right. built on spoilers. So, right. you know, but anyway, like you see that her mom is killed in like the first episode, right? Like this is this right. sort of sets it in. So it's not like you're building up to this flashbacks where we don't know what happened until, you know, mm-hmm. halfway through the season or something like that. I just like that this thing was very direct in its storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it it was like her character, right? It was sort of unsympathetic. It was very like it, it never got super corny or like uh, schmaltzy, you know, like it just <laughs> went straight ahead. Oh, Amazon's at the door. How exciting. <laughs> that happens three times a day. So um, <laughs> anyway, that's what I liked it. And it sustained that through seven episodes. I think it was seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the ending, it, it didn't try to twist it at the end. You know, it just, it just, uh, they're really going for it here. Um, if it rings one more time, I'm gonna go take a look, and then you'll have to edit this out. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so I just loved that, um, and then I liked her performance. I loved the music. I liked, uh, you know, uh, it's not that I'm into chess or anything like that, but I thought the way that it was used in that, it wasn't that you had to understand chess to. To appreciate right. this thing. I loved the the era, the time era. Like when she goes to that mm-hmm. hotel in Vegas, everything's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It is, it's fun to see movies and TV shows like go back to a very like iconic city. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's different looking now, but how they are able to like kind of navigate around yeah. where it's supposed to be set in time. Yeah. And kind of scale back and go to you know what that city looked like at that time mm-hmm. i will say i don't know if you got this but they have like there was such i don't want to say like creepy undertones but every time there was like a male figure coming up i'm like oh my god she's gonna get raped <laughs> and like when she went into the basement with that old man i was like oh my god he's gonna beat her and then that one photographer guy 
that they had a weird relationship with. I was like, oh, she's going to his room. He's going to take advantage of her. Like the whole, not the whole, but a lot of moments like that, I was like kind of on edge because the way that it's lit is a little bit darker. Mm. And like, you know, in a lot of movies and TV shows, when it looks when it looks like that, like bad stuff happens, but nothing really bad happened in it. It just, I don't know, it put me in a weird and awkward position. I'm like, oh, I guess this is more, a little bit more upbeat than, so, but than that's, I think it is. That's kind of also what I liked about it, though, too, is that it's a very modern movie, even given mm-hmm. the, the time period. So it's in contrast to that, because, you know, this would normally be like a man and it's chess, where we normally associate that with a male thing. Um, right. And all of that stuff. And the role that men play in this is sort of interesting, um, just for those same reasons that you said, that they are they mm. are supporting roles. I, I just really liked the writing I thought was great. The acting was great. Everything was fantastic and like surprising, but in the in a just in a different kind of way. It wasn't tricky, which I hate. So I watched something like The Undoing on HBO. I just hated that. I just, it made me so mad. It was like one of those. When they try and like kind of bait and switch, you're like. Well, the whole thing is like who did it? And it was just so disappointing at the, I don't know. Like we can go into a whole thing about that. But mm. I just really liked the way, uh, what Queen's Gambit did. And to me, if you really look at this, if you looked at this instead of chess, if you removed the chess element and looked at this as a as a superhero origin story, the beats mm. are all the same. <laughs> like right. you look at it, it's like it's the same kind of thing. If you if you did this to like a Marvel thing or even like a Batman movie, it's it runs uh, parallel to that exact kind of storytelling. Uh, so I think there's a lot of that that I recognize in there too. And if they can do more stories like this, I, I think I think that would be great. Yeah, I totally agree. I would like I said before, I would love to see if there is going to be a shift in Hollywood and streaming is going to kind of take over. I'd love to see them do something like this as opposed to like, I don't know, a cheap sort of multicam sitcom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, movies yeah. now too, like it's, it, it, what I like is it forces movies to be movies instead of like, you know, cause now we're so used to like, if you have six, eight, 10 episodes, they can really sort of explore all the parts that you want to explore. Whereas in right. movies, you, you just can't. So it's quick. Yeah. It's such a different kind of language. And I think we're getting used to the, to this format now as like the the best way. I'm wondering now too if we could do something where it's sort of a it's a crossover, like see the movie, but then you go home and you watch the eight part series that sort of fleshes mm. out what you saw in the movie. You know, like a like a two parter thing. So it's like I could see that working. So they're kind of doing that a little know, bit in a way with Star Wars now. Where yeah, they have they have the Kenobi series coming up. They've got the Cassian mm-hmm. uh, what is it Andor Andor yeah um like so I mean I don't think that was intentional to be like that but that's kind of a version of what you just were so at. right now it feels like the movie TV show thing is either prequel or sequel right like right but if you wouldn't it be neat to go to the movie so you first can only see the movie and then you go home and then you watch this like eight part expanded thing that 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 literally goes around so it'll just like I get see that working with following a specific character. So you have a two hour movie that let's say takes place over like a two week period. Right. And right. Then you right. Can go into yeah. the series where it follows like a character specifically. I, just, I think it would be fun, especially now as we're looking at new ways to get people to go to the movies, actually. Like, I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to go see this movie first and then this series will make sense. And, and That's so a fun like idea. A yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know if I could see like what. Star Wars and like Marvel, those type of things seem to be the like the properties that would 
that would make the most sense for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which, I, yeah, I'd be all about it. I think I'm just talking because it could be like, uh, you know, that they sort of hint at something in the movie and then you go home mm-hmm. and watch an episode that's just devoted to right. what actually happened, but you don't need it for the movie. Um, yeah. But just I'm kind of tired of this like forced prequel sequel thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, here's what happened. Here's what Andor did before that. And you're kind of like, well... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what that means, really, right? Like, we don't, yeah. I guess so. Well, especially the, so the fault in that right now is that they, for the most part, they will make the movie mm-hmm. without intentions right. of a prequel or sequel. Right. And then it's like, oh, remember when he tied his shoe like that? Like, this is where he got that, those pairs of shoes or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, going to not intentionally have this story in mind and then kind of force something. To me, it's like projecting into the future. So like a kid that's little now and is watching the original trilogy and then gets to watch The Mandalorian after they watched Return of the Jedi. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. awesome, right? <laughs> like, you know, like you love Boba Fett. So now you get to see the whole like Boba Fett yeah. thing and it, it's just all right there contemporary. Whereas for us, it's nostalgia. For this kid, they won't know the difference of, of that we waited 20 years or 30 years between, <laughs> you know, between films to see yeah. this happen. So I think I think Star Wars is going to be great in like 10, 10, 15 years when kids just grow up with any form of Star Wars you want. Right. <laughs> like it's just well, they already have that right now. I mean, they've got kind especially of after the Mandalorian. So they've got a live action show. Yeah. They've got a, a slew of different cartoon shows. And now, what, like 10, 11 movies? I feel like once we, like with the Skywalker saga that's ended, like that's going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's controversial right now, but it's just like the prequels. It's going to settle into its place in Star Wars history and people won't be so emotional and ugly about absolutely everything. Like, remember, the mm-hmm. prequels were, 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 everyone hates the prequels so much, but now it's like, <laughs> ah. You know, like uh, the, the prequels, you know, nobody. I haven't <laughs> seen it for years. I'm going to have to rewatch it again. But just I mean, to, the venom isn't there anymore, right? Like, yeah, I, I get, what you, I get what you're saying. It's just a, a thing that yeah. you have to like, as a Star Wars fan, just live with at yeah. this point. Yeah. So, I mean, bitching and complaining about it isn't going to change anything. It's there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just funny. Like, I see kids now that are, are growing up on the Clone Wars. Like, they were obviously at that right age mm-hmm. when the Clone Wars ran because it ran for so long, um, and that's their Star Wars and. They're like, Clone Wars is so much better than Mandalorian. I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I do. I, there's a part of me that really wants to get through that all the cartoons, but like, there's just so, so much. Yeah. That, and like, every, every Star Wars friend that I have says that, like, a different version of the same thing where. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good and a lot of not so good. So I'm like, it depends on what you like. Yeah. Like, how do you watch TV, though? Do you keep it on in the background ever? Or you feel like your movie is very serious and it's got to be? Well, it depends. So, like, if I have it on in the background, I'm basically not getting anything out of it. I'm not retaining anything. And especially with Star Wars, a lot of it is so visual. Mm -hmm. So if you're just listening to it, there's not you're not getting the full thing. Right. You know, I'm sure someone has this out there, but it depends on who you trust. But there should be a guide like season (laughs) one. Watch episode 10. Skip. 13 and 19 you know like that but so i've tried versions of that where i try to cherry pick story arcs Mm -hmm. but even within that there's so much that happens on either side of that yeah those episodes that they do kind of bleed into each other so so you're kind of confused like yeah 
like technically sure you could watch just return of the jedi right or just empire but you kind of it's not really a standalone movie so that's how i feel about cherry picking episodes from clone wars um where it's just like you can do it but it's not really you're not getting the full effect yeah for sure for sure um okay let's see so we did i know you know this every year in normal times, I would spend the a day towards the end of the year going to the movies and just watching right, movies right. all day. Obviously, that was not an option this year. So that's a Christmas thing, isn't it, or New Year's? We thing? did. Uh, it's. I think it's normally December thirtieth. Okay, so before, so just before New, New Year's. Year's. Yeah. Uh, so this year we can't go into the theaters. We did this from home on our couch. So. What did you watch? You want to want to hear the lineup? This was so. so did you do this New Year's Eve or one, the thirtieth? The thirtieth. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Five movies. Ugh. All right, and none of most of these aren't new, with the exception of like two of them. Okay. Um. So, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a Taika Waititi movie. Hunt for the. Are you Wilder. familiar? Have you seen it? It's uh, on Netflix, so you can watch it. Is on it Netflix Sam Neill? Yeah, he's he's the guy in it. And a kid. And yep. Yeah, I remember. I remember it. I didn't see it though. Uh, it's actually, I would say, of the day, that was the best movie. Oh, okay. I'll watch um, it. I like Taika, so. It yeah, it's definitely his humor. This one is surprisingly like. I mean, I guess Jojo Rabbit's kind of heartfelt. Yeah, too. for sure. I was gonna say for him, it's. But yeah, I I don't know. It's it's good. I really like it. It's probably my favorite. Uh, from the day that we watched. The Big Year, which I know you don't remember. This came out in like 2010-ish, okay. give or take. It's a comedy with Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson. Uh. Um, so I, I don't know if this is true or not, but in the movie, there's a thing called The Big Year, which is in reference to like hardcore bird watchers. Huh? So if you if you are a bird watcher and you're going for a big year, that's saying that like within oh, a calendar year, I'm going to go look and like try and beat the record for bird watching the most birds. Finding so the, the most, like checking them off your, like I saw. Yeah. So not discovering, but like, okay, I saw. A, right, 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 right. I don't know. A blue woodpecker this day and a pigeon today. So that's two for today. Pigeon. And you go through the entire calendar year. <laughs> That's an easy one. Everybody's <laughs> got to check that one off. Counts. It counts. Hey, yeah. You, <laughs> speaking of pigeons, I go and drop food off and goodies for you all the time. Yes. And oh my gosh, this was the weirdest thing. I've seen parrot people, which is mm-hmm. uh, interesting in its own way. Never, ever would I ever think to see a pigeon person. There's literally a person walking around your neighborhood with a pigeon on their shoulder and I had to do like a double. Was it was on a leash almost. though, right? Like a little. No. Well, when I saw it, it was on the shoulder, and this person was just walking around. I was like, "Is that so?" I've that a, I've seen them, I've, and they have it on a leash. That is. How do you leash a bird? It's like a little. And also, uh, why a pigeon? Well, like that's a why prettier bird. I almost wanted to ask, like, are you rehabilitating it? You know, like, <laughs> is it is it a thing or uh, like? At first, I thought because I just see like this gray kind of darkish, yeah, like silhouette on. I'm like, is that like a ferret or a, a rat or a, like a? I mean, those are still not very common pets, but more common than a pigeon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Uh, the big year, so-so. I okay. mean, it's like a you know your typical sort of hour and a half 
comedy. Interesting cast, um, though. Yeah. Well, the so the premise was that these three, Jack Black, Owen Wilson, and Steve Martin, are like kind of battling out right. to have the the best big year. Um, and then watch Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. So this is sort of like a follow up to Teen Titans Go to the movies. Ah. Um, but if you remember in the early two thousands, there was like a more serious version of the Teen Tar- Teen Titans cartoon. Um, and in this movie, which is on, I think it's on Hulu, they kind of battle each other. Mm. Um, it, it is what it is. Like if you're a fan of Teen Titans Go, it's all of that, but in like an hour, 20 minute movie. Mm. Um, Pass. So if you, if you do like Teen <laughs> Titans Go and you can handle that for an hour plus, watch that. I did uh, go to the theater to see the Teen Titans Go to the movie though. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it is exactly that. If you're a fan of that, you know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Uh, then we watch documentary Class Action Park. Have you seen it? Uh no, I know all about this one though. I've heard a lot about it. I just have not <laughs> watched so it. So I will say, um, there are and before this came out, I was only familiar with Action Park because I follow like um YouTube channels that mm-hmm. go over like defunct uh right. theme park rides and theme parks. So I had they I will say those actually did a better job than the documentary. Hmm. The documentary was fun because it was like professionally done and they had interviews with uh, like uh, people that worked there. Um, but it is a crazy. It's like so 80s. Right. Yeah. Where like, yeah, you just everyone gets hurt. <laughs> drop your kid. Yeah. You drop your kids off and like look the other way or like it seems like just, it's a uh, pre litigation. Like now everyone would be sued all the way around. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. And they they talk about different lawsuits and stuff. And the guy was very, I mean, as you can imagine, like very slippery and slimy and good with navigating the legal system. So from the sounds that he got out of a lot of the the issues he had um, with hurt guests and stuff. But it's it's a very interesting story. And to me, like just so 80s all the way around. Like you could never get away with anything like that today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not in this country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The final movie was Mulan. Did you ever get it? The the live action? Yes. Did you ever get a chance to see it? Of course. I did it right when it came out. I So everybody like was giving it so much crap. I didn't really have a problem with it. I think for me, the um, the uh, of most of the live action like readaptations from the Disney animated movies, this is probably one of the better ones, in my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. What did what did you think? <laughs> uh, you know, I really like the animated one. Uh, I know it can be problematic in some cases, as absolutely everything can be nowadays. Um, and I, I don't mean that lightly. I'm just saying, like, uh, <laughs> they had to change, make some changes. Obviously, you knew they were going to when they did this. Uh, it didn't quite hit emotionally for me. There were some very nice things about it that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um but there were some things that they left out and some things that they added that I just, uh, it, it had Did you miss Mushu. Well, no, I didn't actually <laughs> like it. That's fine. Um, it, I can look at it on its own and, and not be like, well, you know, compare it to the animated one and see like that. Cause the other, a lot of the other animated ones kind of go beat for beat, right? Like Lion King almost is like exactly what the cartoon was. You know, they just kind of reproduce it. This one obviously did not do that. Um, So it's not that. It's just uh, there were some things along the way that, you know, like I didn't quite care for the villain. Uh, You know, like Mm -hmm. that wasn't really clear. I didn't think that was super clear. And 
I don't know. Things just got kind of dragged out in weird ways where I thought they could have kept it simpler, but, uh, but I didn't hate it. You know, I just didn't, I don't think I got as emotionally involved as I would have, as I thought I, I would think have. that's, that's what it was for me because I read so many like bad reviews. Mm. I was going into it with that in mind and it didn't disappoint me as hard as a lot of these other critics and people giving reviews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping for something, um, I think I was hoping for something more grounded. Uh, that this one still kind of maintains sort of a magical, mystical thing. Um, oh, definitely. And I thought yeah. it was going to be a little uh, grittier, or at least more like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of like, oh, it's so pretty, and you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of approach. And um, I think it was a lot of things, but not one thing like all the way through. <laughs> so uh, right. I think so. Like there are parts where I'm like, oh, this is really good, and then other parts where I'm like, oh. We didn't need this. I think it helped that I waited a little bit longer. Probably. To see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should. It wasn't like that built up anticipation and everything. Yeah. But um, the, well, the anticipation has been for so long, right? Like since the moment they announced that they were doing a live action mm-hmm. one. So let alone just it getting bumped and, and postponed and stuff. So I don't know. So I do want to transition over to another one. I know you watched, I just watched it last night. Wonder Woman 84. Oh, you just so I watched did not watch, it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch this uh, in that all-day movie-a-thon. I watched it yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I don't I don't know where to start. I had pretty big... I don't want to say big expectations. I had high hopes. Yeah. I was excited yeah. to see this movie. Um, I am a fan of, like, 80s, but I feel like now it's getting, like... Uh, way overdone in pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely reaching a saturation point. I think it's fine if like you can make it do it well and do it right. Mm-hmm. But this just seemed like it wasn't necessary. Like why, why did this movie take place in the eighties? Uh, yeah. I mean, part of me thought it was for, so that the costume looks not so crazy, you know, like they can go back to this. Oh, it's kind of fun wonder woman right like because it seems like that whole opening scene wanted it to be like this is the fun one you know like the fun movie like uh, like superman well the first superman uh, movie was so you uh aren't like a huge super or superhero fan per se right, right, but right. so this wonder woman this is technically the second wonder woman but she has made appearances in the batman versus superman with uh ben affleck and henry cavill and then the justice league right so those two movies take place in like modern times where she is wearing right basically the same outfit. So it's not like mm, it's not the this, same outfit. Would you it's say it's the same outfit, just darker. Mm. So her version is the same, like super super high skirt and um, sleeveless <laughs> top. <laughs> um, but it's just a so in this one it's like bright red mm. and bright blue. Um, but anyways. I, I don't understand why this took place in the 80s. I f- do feel like that was just like because pop culture uh, is kind of in love with the 80s right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it was just an attempt to jump onto that. I don't mind this. Like I, I if they were to, like if this was their thing for it, like um, like I'm glad it wasn't super tied to Batman versus Superman or Justice League. Like it wasn't like right. an offshoot of that. Um, I could see these standalones doing this, like jumping around. Maybe the next one's in the fifties or the sixties, you know, like taking the wonder woman Mm. time thing and, and playing with that because, uh, you know, that's such a big part of the first one. I was not excited for the first one and I loved it. I was super excited for this one and I was disappointed. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and not even because of the eighties aesthetic, I could take some of that. I'm like, okay, this is, 
you know, whatever. It's it's doing what it's doing. I didn't like the story. I, I didn't like Pedro Pascal's character, and it didn't wasn't. Ooh, yeah, let let's talk about that for a second. It wasn't I clear was, like what he. Was, I was super confused by him. Like, so they don't explain his power really. Right. So he gets this like mystical relic of a right, artifact right. that basically is like a monkey's paw where you can grant you a wish, but at a cost. Right. So he wishes to become the thing. And in essence, if you touch him and make a wish, he can grant you the wish. But it not until much later did you understand that like by becoming the thing, he made up the terms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I wish for a million dollars and he would say, I grant you your wish, but I'll take your wife or whatever, you know? So that was the draw um, or the trade-off. And he, like the first maybe like five wishes, he would just say that. I'm like, well, why does he get to make up those terms? Like they never really made it clear until it's like pretty deep into the the movie. Um, And I never understood his intentions. A wishing rock is just stupid. Uh, let me just say that. Like, that is so stupid. That If you start picking this apart, it unravels uh, faster than, like, a time travel movie. Uh, well, that's... You know what that's, I mean? Like, it's just so stupid. To me, that's, like, the, the least of the issues. Because, I mean, if you look at Indiana Jones, all of those kind of rely on the same thing, where it's a mystical piece of But so something. much of the... Th- in that case, they're looking for the thing. In this thing, right. it's like... The wishing I, I get, is. I get what you're saying. It's a big part of the entire. Didn't you movie. think? But didn't you think that made Kristen Wiig's character confusing? Like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, so I'm gonna wish to be like a cheetah lady. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just it didn't make sense to me. Like, it it just seemed um in place so that I can catch all this stuff and just drive the story without having to explain anything and and i guess that that you know i don't really know wonder woman thing but that's obviously that's a character right her kristen wiggs character is a yeah but i don't so i don't know enough about the dc world and that character or pedro pascal's character or character to mm-hmm. like know to compare that right to like that's a lex luther right, right yeah right, right. so like if i did i might be able to connect the two and like split the difference maybe but I was just going based off of the the film and yeah, I, I don't know. The Kristen Wiig character, she started off great mm-hmm. and then it just got really weird. Like we never really understood what her trade off was either. I guess she became mean. I don't know. Like if she <laughs> like was, a, was if she was a zoologist or something instead, the animal transformation might make more sense at the end. Mm-hmm. But it just seems so random like just to get her to be that character well, and like, she didn't specifically ask like oh i wish i want to be like predator the, or <laughs> the speed of a cheetah yeah, or whatever or, yeah, she whatever. just said i want to be an apex predator yeah so then you look like you just stepped off the lot of cats right the movie right. like so that's oh, what uh, i mean it just didn't i'm fine with if they could carry off that wishing thing better i would have been fine with it but like you know yeah. like um the ring, I guess, in, in Lord of the Rings, right? That has sort of a similar kind of mm-hmm. not so much a wishing thing, but you you believe it because the, the rest of it around it makes right. more sense. So for this, I'm like, it's just jumping around from like, oh, now Chris is going to put on these uh, different <laughs> outfits. Isn't that hilarious? And, you know, and, and, and uh, this very strong woman is only in love with this guy and it's running the rest of her life. <laughs> She's going to sacrifice the world because Wonder Woman is so in love with Steve. <laughs> she's like, well, 
I'll just have you stick around and uh, we'll figure this all out. And boy, things deteriorated rather quickly. Well, and they they kind of like threw away the premise of his abilities where you have to touch. Yeah. They really made a stretch there yeah. by you can touch everyone in the world by being on their TVs. Like, uh, not really. Yeah. 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 So, like, I watch a lot of TV. I don't really feel connected to. Uh, so I don't know. Roker I thought the weather. <laughs> I thought they did such a great job with the first film. And, and so much of that to me was unexpected and a surprise. And um, mm-hmm. so for this one to go. So this one feels like the third or fourth film in the series. Right. Like <laughs> they've done everything else. Now they're you know, it's like Return uh, of the Jedi. Uh, like with Ewoks and, and <laughs> you know, they, that kind of stuff. They made some like pretty crazy decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would but, have rather than I maintained mean, a little bit more of the seriousness of the first one. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. It's a difficult. I will say it, it, it was fun to watch just because it was so like, I literally couldn't figure out what was happening. Right. And like wrap my head around this. The first um, four hours fun, is fun. The second three hours <laughs> is tough. Like I had uh, a stop. A f- I stopped halfway through. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going on for too long. <laughs> I'll have to come back uh, to it. It is. It, I think it was fun, but it's definitely it wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Uh, the one movie I did right. watch that I really liked this year was uh, on Netflix was Mank with uh, Gary Oldman. I don't know if you watched. Oh, that one. I keep. No, but I, I keep seeing like, oh my God, there's a movie called Mark. And, but like the font treatment on that is <laughs> just weird. Uh, but I did see um, a preview for it and I do love, so it's kind of loosely around Citizen Kane. That's and the writer. Wells, yeah, the screenplay right? yeah. writer. Um, I love that movie. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, the telling of that story kind of behind the scenes. Is this supposed to be, uh, is it like a dramatization of it or is it loosely based on real life i think it's know? loosely based on real life but i obviously you know with these things they, they take some license right, right, because right. of the specifics of the scenes uh, and orson welles is in it i mean you know an actor is portraying orson welles so it does mm-hmm. go that deep and it's a lot of flashbacks it's 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 more of a time piece like a historical thing to sort of saying like this movie came in in this t- period and you know it's sort of based on uh hearst and 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 it shows that, like how contemporary that was. Uh, so it's like if someone made a fictional movie and it was about Donald Trump, you know, but they changed the name. So it was that mm. apparent that this movie was about this current figure. So it's mm. it's more like that. And I, I don't know the main character. I don't know Mank as a person, you know, as a celebrity mm. even. So it's not like you can say like, oh, well, he, you know, that's exactly how he was. Um, <laughs> so it's just more of an interesting thing. But I really, it was shot beautifully. It was shot just like an old film um mm. in many ways and so uh yeah i really liked it it's a um, what's his name fincher david fincher um mm. so a lot of lighting you know like his movies mm-hmm. are always very like lit well so uh yeah i i would recommend I do like it. gary oldman too he's great um he's yeah fantastic in it and uh, i don't know it's not as flashy as a lot of the other stuff out there it's one of those oscar-y kind of actor-y movies um but yeah. i i i really enjoyed it what i mean not that you have the answer but have you read anything about how they're going to handle Oscars for this year? Probably like how they did Emmys, I would imagine. You know, like everything's remote, so, but I don't know. Well, not that, but like how are they going? Is it how do they determine what's eligible for an award now that because before it was so connected and tied to there actually had rules like it had to be in theater, like yeah. wide release for X number of days. Obviously, there was what, like two months 
at the beginning of the year and then like random parts of the country opened up in the summer. I think a lot of them really still forced things into theatrical releases regardless just of, for this reason. Yeah. 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 So it's like it mm-hmm. ran for a week in New York or something and, and no one saw it, but it did. So that means that like none of the Netflix ones can, I don't know. Do Maybe don't they'll think... change the eligibilities or, I mean, to me, it's one of those years where I'm like, why don't you just cancel it this year? <laughs> Yeah. Crunch it all together with, you know, so the few films that were available, crunch it all together in 2021 and they're eligible for 2021, you know, like, um, I don't know. It just seems like a weird, they'd probably have to bend the rules a little bit and then it's not, it's not fair. It seems like, but I don't know. So this is, this is more speculation here. I know obviously we don't have the answers, but they kept, so Wonder Woman as the example, like they, I think it was supposed to come out in early summer. summer yeah. So maybe like June, then they pushed it back to like July, then they pushed it to October. The Thanksgiving. And they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The director and the studios kept saying like, oh, we're, we're going to stick it out and wait until it's safe to do an actual, actual theatrical release. And then they're like, all right, we're just going to stream it. <laughs> so yeah. Assuming that like, st- it's not safe or theaters don't open up anytime soon. Do you think that this is going to start happening with, so like keeping on the superhero thing, there's I think three Marvel movies that are supposed to come out this year. Black Widow was supposed to come out last May Mm -hmm. of 2020. They're pushing it, I think to March this year, Mm. but anyways, whenever it comes out, like do you think they're going to try and wait it out for theaters or is there going to be a point where they're just like, we can't, we're getting too backed up. Uh, we need to get this out, and we'll just we'll just stream it. I think we're at the beginning of the transition. Um, I I think so. Like when Disney says they're going to focus so much on streaming, and then Warner Brothers followed suit at mm-hmm. the same exact time. This is this is uh, the transition, and so for those two, uh, those are probably the biggest studios, right? That that can yeah. make such a transition like this. I don't know. I don't know who else is is up there. Sony is the only Sony, other yeah, but left. they seem kind of. Yeah, like the Warner Brothers and Disney has such the history uh, and like. Right. So I think this is really I think there's going to be a transitional period where there are to the you know, it's available both. Like they've said, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch it at home or you can go to the theater and see it. And then eventually it's just going to be streaming. I think that's just going to be the the future of it. And then theaters will be event things or like, you know. I don't know, special occasions. Because think how little you will go see. I mean, I know you see a lot of movies, but if mm-hmm. Mank were available in the theater and on Netflix, you'd probably see that on Netflix, don't you think? Something like that? Uh, well, it depends on the, the film. I think for more drama-y stuff, you don't really have a big benefit seeing it in the theater. Right, right. Um, I will say, so like, it's more fun to see like a Wonder Woman in a theater yep. or a Star Wars. Right. Um, the other genre that I would make an argument for in theaters is like a comedy because it's the same reason like I love stand-up the group watching, laughter yeah yeah watching stand-up at home on Netflix it's fun and funny but being surrounded by other people laughing too it makes the like not that like you lower your bar for what you'll laugh at but because you're in that environment it does make it a little bit more lighter and and you're laughing a lot more because of the people around you. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean that's that's um, definitely the theater going experience. But I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 referring or referencing it as it's like, well, you you do that at home now. You have people over, you have a party in your home, and you all watch the thing together. So I think there is still yeah. like the idea of the group <laughs> thing. It's just right. like I I could see why they don't want to be taken down every time something like this happens. You know what I mean? Like. 
Mm-hmm. They can't just, they can't do this uh, adjusting every single time we have a pandemic. Not that we're going to have it every other month, but you know, you just don't know. And you can see how this just, right. just destroyed everything <laughs> for like yeah. ripple effects. So if, if people are used to it, that's just one less thing that they have to go to or, or adjust for. So I don't know. I mean, to me, I've always, it, haven't we talked about this forever though, that things are going mm-hmm. in this direction and now well, this seems like, Oh, now's our chance. Right. Like, I see it. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate for theaters. I love the theater-going yeah, yeah. experience. I think it has to exist at some capacity. I hope that it, it continues to exist at an affordable rate. Um, but there is going to be some sort of a change. I don't know what that'll look like, but I'm it would kind of be that- cute if we went back to like little local theaters. You know what I mean? Like it's one theater. Well, that's what because- I think. Like instead of these big AMC Regal like cineplexes, you know. Right. Well, I think I could see it going one of the extremes where the version where you just said where the little theaters survive because they offer like this cute little mm-hmm. like independent going movie going experience. Um, or you can make the other argument that the big cineplexes do survive because there's just the numbers, right? There's so many that the more successful ones that like exist in uh, an LA area or New York will pay for the ones that don't make as much money. So it kind of evens out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. across. But yeah, I have no idea what to expect in terms of the theater. So I just hope that it exists at some in some form or fashion moving forward. It almost seems like it's going to go. You know how Disney has their own theater in um, Hollywood there? Yeah. It feels oh, like yeah, that, that like could a, make sense too. Like studio studio owned theater. So it's like, you know, this is our theater. Mm. So we do our, it's for our promotion of that instead of having a secondary thing right, where, right. you know, they're not making any money and they're just trying to sell concessions. It's just like, oh, this is how we promote our film by playing it at our theater for three weeks. Right. Oscar contender, they can do like a weird thing in the lobby or sell merchandise too. And, mm-hmm. you know, and just make it like that. You go to the Disney theater to see the Disney movie, um, which is nice. And, and then, then it's not so much a, like a profit structure. It's just more of like, this is how we promote it. Um, right. Uh, but if, can I'm you curious. imagine going back to that? Like where you're like, it's like going to a Broadway show or something, right? Like, gotta get tickets uh-huh. for, for <laughs> you know pick your seats and all that, that would that could make it fun um or maybe like the el capitan which is the disney theater in hollywood yeah they always have some sort of pre-show show yeah exactly so a lot of times they'll have like that guy in the old-timey organ uh, right, right, organ right, right. thing sometimes they'll have a connection to the movie so like toy story they'll have a little toy story skit mm-hmm. before with yeah. like uh costume characters Wonder if that could be a thing. Um, yeah. yeah, who knows? That could that's could be a fun option too. Because if the studios are involved, mm-hmm. they have more control over how the audience experiences the film by having some sort of an intro or outro sort of experience yeah. to accompany the film, or like um, theme parks. You know, like you go as part of your theme park ticket mm-hmm. and you can see the Disney film in the park or, or right there in downtown Disney as part of your thing. And just, yeah, you know, like Universal Studios, you can go do that, too. And then sort of round it out with smaller theaters that play the, the, the smaller things. But I don't know. I just feel like the, the model we have right now is going away. Um, yeah. And so I wonder. So so much of that is like the box office produces so much money. How. Like our budgets, do you think for 
big films going to shrink or fluctuate. So a Star Wars is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars because they're banking on like a billion dollars at the box office. Mm. Again, I how don't understand to- how the streaming <laughs> model works. You know, like I really don't get That's what I'm like. I can't, I can't wrap my head around but that. But they're still spending a lot on these things. I think it's, you know, maybe it's like they don't have to promote it so much or, or get it. Oh, they're saving on like the marketing. Yeah. Which is a, a big, mm. huge thing on the other end of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that or, or, you know, you've got a built-in audience and you're force-feeding them your content constantly. So, right. you know, but it, then I'm like, but they're not paying any more a month for that. So that's like, what I, don't I get. can't wrap my head around. <laughs> that's it. Oh. It would be great. I mean, it would make sense if you had like five things that came out a month, but it's like so much content. Right. So, yeah. All of the services too, they have just a ton what to me is starting to worry me is that i think it's going to be all studio driven again like how like everyone's grabbing back their streaming thing so like netflix had the office but now the peacock's like nope we're taking it back oh yeah you know you can't watch it on netflix anymore you have to have peacock to watch it so i feel like it's going to be that pretty soon instead of uh you know one big thing it's going to be a bunch of little streaming services That's, it's already them. like going <laughs> right right if you subscribe to all of it it's more expensive than if you were to just have it all on cable yeah so i think so it's like going back the other way it feels like they got to start making these big deals now right or like disney mm-hmm. pays a, well like disney's already tied with abc so you know yeah, it's and all, they have the hulu right, espn right, bundle exactly. too. so it's going to be like that hopefully so we don't have to keep buying like i'm like i'm not going to pay for it. just like when they did the dc thing the DC. Oh, that's right. I'm, like, I don't, yeah. I'm not gonna pay. But for that, that all just got absorbed to HBO Max. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, okay. So the other movie I want to talk about was Soul. Very good. Very good. Okay. I can't. I be. <laughs> there is controversy around this. I don't know if I'm confident or comfortable enough bringing it up on here. Everything's um, controversial now. Oh man. But um. So I'll just. I'll start by saying it was I like I like the movie. Yeah. So I don't want to I'm too I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll talk about the controversy after we say all the good stuff. But I, I was very yeah. surprised that this was to me this was and Pixar in particular has been so not that this wasn't kid friendly, but there was very heavy and like adult themes mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. with the, you know, afterlife and not even saying that that death is a big thing, but they actually like identified in like, a, uh, I don't know what it could look like mm-hmm. if you die. Well, so, transitional at least. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, it's a, that's It's a big and like touchy topic, I would I don't know. I'm just surprised that they they actually went there. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. People say that, but I I don't like agree with that because I'm like you look at Up. They're talking about some very heavy topics and Up right off the bat, very dark stuff, <laughs> very difficult stuff to try to explain to kids that oh she lost the baby and she can't have kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then she died. But they don't. Sh- but they don't show like you know, this is what it looks like before you die. Right. But that's so abstract. Like, it's so abstract. You can't say like, that's not how it looks. And it's so like cartoony and and in line with sort of our uh, cartoonish version of heaven and stuff like that. Like it was, they were going into a light that I don't think that Mm -hmm. that's that controversial. Maybe because they look like, you know, little blobby. Oh, that's not the controversial part that I was talking about. But yeah, no, I, I really liked it. Um, 
the one thing that I was kind of hesitant or worried about before seeing it was Jamie Foxx's voice because he's mm-hmm. got a very like cartoony voice. I thought he was going to be like play it up. Um, but I actually, you couldn't really tell it was yeah. him. If you didn't know it, it was Jamie Foxx, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't immediately. I was more distracted by Tina Fey's voice because I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. just Tina Fey. Like I, I kept hearing <laughs> Tina Fey. Um, but I thought everybody else uh, was great. I loved those, um, mm-hmm. the line people, you know, the people that were just made of lines. Uh, the Jerry's? Or yeah, the, the Jerry's and the Terry's. I loved that. <laughs> I loved that idea of that. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I liked the little blue blob the new souls Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, all that. I thought all of it was gorgeously designed uh, as usual. You know, they just keep getting better and better, I think, with their design. Yeah, I really liked this. I liked the message a lot, I think, for someone like Pixar and and Disney to put forth a message like this in their film is pretty pretty miraculous, pretty brave. Uh, Because usually Mm -hmm. the whole point of everything is do your thing, right? Like you have to find your thing and that's the thing you do and... Um, Mm -hmm. and this sort of like, sort of backed off of that a little, I thought, right? Like, it's not just that it's more of a whole life thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get into the lesson of it, but, um, (laughs) I just really liked that. I thought it was great. How, so this, this, and, and I thought about this, um, as I watched it too, the ending was to me very similar to Queen's Gambit where it was like, here's a whole story. We went on this like grand adventure and now I'm starting my life. Mm-hmm. So do you like that sort of kind of open-ended ending to, to movies and different types of content where it's not, here's our happy ending all tied up with a nice bow or this sort of like more open-ended ending, I guess. Uh, to me, it depends on the whole thing. Like if it feels right, if it doesn't feel tacked on at the end or, or if the happy ending mm-hmm. is earned, um, or just a bit, so it depends on the whole thing to me, not so much just the ending. Like if he were to just die at the end, I feel like that'd be too much of a downer. That would kind of, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like it would make sense if he just like, well, you were supposed to die. So you really should go on. But yeah, no, I, I thought it was because I felt like that wasn't the impactful thing. Right. It wasn't about right. living or dying so much. It was more like the lessons learned and stuff. So it just, it just depends on that. The ending was surprising for me. Cause I think a typical Pixar or Disney movie would be he, they both find bodies and like the, the last moment would be their new bodies connecting in some way. And like, they can identify because of something that they went through earlier on. So like, I don't know, pizza or a line that they said earlier. So he would know like, okay, this is, 22 yeah i mean to me that feels more uh uh, like that's not the point like that wasn't the point like she goes to live her life he gets to live his life that's sort of the point it's not so much about like like lovers that are gonna reunite (laughs) you know what i mean like uh, yeah. yeah i i did think they were gonna go a little bit more about like how teaching is is a right? Thing. I thought that was going to be his thing, <laughs> or just that <laughs> it's that. it's just as important as you you know right. playing on stage. Uh, my favorite scene was after he played the 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 gig at the half note. He comes out mm-hmm. and says he thought he'd feel differently, and she tells that story about like the fish in the water. Like to me, that was the whole point of the movie right there. Like that. Do that you relate a, to absolutely. that? Like so absolutely. So saying like you're talking about Pee Wee Herman, like. Yes, that's a funny thing, but like once you get to that or working with Disney for so long, is it like, you know, I get this thing and I've worked so long to get to it and now it's 
It's I thought I would have like a parade or something. Absolutely. It's not that you're disappointed in the outcome. It's just that the 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 way you felt about it is different than you had thought you would feel about it. Um, and mm. it's like when you're going to like, oh, I'm going to turn 40. And then you get to 40 and you're like, eh, feels like the other years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like it's not the it's not the same thing. That's a good thing, I think. But in these cases, I think that's why I always tell people it's so corny. But I say like dream big, like don't just say like, oh, my only goal is to work for Disney because I'm like, you'll get there and you'll get and you'll be like, oh, OK, so <laughs> now what? You know what I mean? Like it's not the end all. It's, it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it's not the end all. And I thought that was that was great that they would even it's like how they well, I think what they did in Monsters University. Like it was like, oh, that's an interesting, <laughs> you know, how they lost at the end of Monsters mm-hmm. University. So I like that they do things like that with the storytelling. Well, I think it's like they um, be in real life when you do accomplish something that you've been after for so long and it doesn't have that like super big impact. It's because of movies mm. that they do have this big buildup and they get the thing and there's like a party or a parade or something in real life. You don't get that once you accomplish such a personal goal. Yeah. 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 Well, I like that they didn't have him be like, it's not like they said, Oh, he's famous. He has a record deal. He's huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just this very small thing that was, a uh, that was reached and, uh, to, to explore it that way. Um, uh, so I just, I really like that. Again, it's not that what he experienced wasn't great. It's just that it wasn't mm-hmm. like as life changing, I think, as he thought it would be. And I thought that was right. That was pretty great. So that's why that's to me is what's adult about this movie. It's very mm. midlife crisis kind of movie, <laughs> kind of. You know, it's on a fun. It's exaggerated and made into a life, death, spiritual thing. But I think that's why it feels very personal, which is pretty amazing for a Pixar film to be so personal, uh, because mm-hmm. this isn't going to be everybody's journey but you should recognize something in there i think that's great so it's not toys where we all relate to toys in that very you know fictional way or um even other things i feel like this is a very like um this could be a there could be a live action version of this film right like mm-hmm. uh, kind of it's a wonderful life uh, thing or something like that but i i really enjoyed it um yeah I'm gonna have to rewatch this one and Queen's Gambit. Did you watch again, um, uh, Burrow the short? Yes, yes, I did. So I watched it before just to kind of do the theater experience. Same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I Same. absolutely loved that. I l- love that it was. They went to the uh, traditional mm-hmm. animation. I would like to see. I don't know if we're gonna get a lot of like feature lengths again. Although you did watch Wolf Wa- Moonwalkers. Wolf Walkers. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Moonwalkers, um, very different, which was, scary kind of story. Yeah, uh, which was traditionally animated. Yes, yes, right? gorgeous film, yeah. gorgeous film. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that that as an art form, like, doesn't die completely. Well, I like get some. I like seeing two D in like Wolfwalkers, where it's something different. It's very pretty, and that's mm-hmm. the whole run of it. It's not about getting a famous comedian to be the voice, and you know, it's this. Right. goofball story like it could be something more a little more arty or exploratory mm-hmm. than just churning out i think that's what 3d what 3d i always say 3d digital like animation and stuff that that's what that does now right they can quickly mm-hmm. churn out these sort of studio driven comedies quick but the now 2d can be sort of arty or like Leica, you know right. like where it's these right. beautiful little things so mm. okay we got another question from our instagram here nice what are some of the best 
and worst moments from this season of The Mandalorian. Mm. That is from our friend Dave Pryor. So I will start with my... (laughs) I bet you will. My favorite moment, I already said it um, when we covered this episode for the first time, but when Ahsoka turns on those lightsabers, Mm -hmm. just because the lightsaber is such a cool weapon, we don't experience it any other time in this series. Um, And the way that she turned them on, it was like dark and smoky, Mm -hmm. totally silent. And then like, you know, it's coming too. So there's that anticipation as well. But once it goes from that like dark and silent moment, you hear that sound and then the lights go to me, that was the coolest moment um, from this past season. Uh, I agree. I like how they introduced the character. They didn't, force a backstory or, or like mm-hmm. give too much information about who she is. She really just appears like literally just appears. Um, right. and I think that's fantastic. I think that's some of the storytelling stuff they do really well on this, sh- this show. Um, I think Luke is one of my favorite parts of this thing. And I know that's a given, but it's probably one of the biggest moments, uh, and sort of a turning point for the show in many ways. Um, but you know, it's a lot of little things for me with this, with the show. It's like a, an unexpected character, like the Timothy Oliphant character coming that mm-hmm. you didn't know about him. It's a, it's an interesting way to bring in that armor. And, you know, you liked that character, even though it was small. So it's a lot of that stuff to me. It's when you see like, um, even in the first season when there, you see like hints of the Imperial stuff and how it looks like old star Wars. And it's not like we're trying to make it look different or better or, you know, like updated or something mm-hmm. To me, it's a lot of those kinds of moments in this show that I that I really like, and I love that so much. It makes up for some of the shortcomings with the with the storytelling. I will say, like the one where they visited that village in the first season, I, I didn't care for that that episode. Oh, like the seven samurai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode. I, I didn't yeah, care yeah. for that episode at all, and I was worried that if it started going more in that direction. I wouldn't be as in love with the series. And to me, that still feels like the most out of place episode. Uh, you might say the frog lady thing, but I still feel that's, <laughs> that's more star Warsy than the village. One. So that was my worst from this season. I, when uh baby Yoda was eating all the eggs, yes. I know that people like, Oh, that makes it like, I can relate to that. Cause kids are annoying. Yeah. No, I hated that. That was the worst moment for me. But so to go off of what you're saying about like the little nods to old Star Wars that you like this. I mean, so for me, the Ahsoka turning on the lightsaber is my favorite moment. But sprinkled in this season, I loved just the little nods to old sound effects. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this again, like but the slave one going by that bomb where it's like complete silence and then it yeah. blows up. Yeah. That's a cool thing. Um, and then when they were turning off the the shields, mm-hmm. you know, when that the blue Horatio Sands alien goes around yeah. the corner and they do the boom. Yeah. I even like sound, like, like they like, do that uh, that alarm sound, you know, that they always play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love that stuff. The speeder. All of those it's so surprising that like just the audible like little sound effects here and there you immediately get like thrown back into um, the original trilogy. Even the difference in the laser cannon sounds, you know, like, ah, that's a TIE fighter. That's definitely a TIE fighter sound as opposed to something else. When it's screeching by and like, yeah, the X-Wing, when they came to save Mm -hmm. him in the second episode, like you knew before you saw it that, that, oh yeah, X-Wing pilots are coming back. Yep. Yep. So that's, so that's why 
I love this show so much. So yeah, like some of it, it's cheesy. Some of it is silly. Um, and, and you know, but that's why I say because I like it so much, I'm able to jump past a lot of this stuff because that kind of silly compared to what we saw in like rise of Skywalker, I will take this kind of silly over that a thousand times. (laughs) Um, so I'm hoping I, it looks like they're really using this as a catalyst for, for jumping around to different stories and and different uh, shows and stuff. And I think that, They've stumbled on a good tone and I hope that they can sort of successfully expand it. Um, but to me, that's mm-hmm. more than like specific um, story points. I, I think uh, it's those little things to me that that are my favorite for this show. But that's a good question, Dave. Mm. All right. We haven't talked about food yet. We're not going to go through the whole year and say what right. our favorite thing was, but... I did deliver some delicious pizza to you. I gotta say, or I gotta, I'm dying to know. What did you think? I, so before you answer, I'm gonna give the listeners a little backstory here. There is an Orange County pizza chain called the Michi's Pizza. Is it just Orange County? Like, I didn't know. I know nothing about I'm, this chain. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty, I'm like 99% sure it's just Orange County. So I grew up in a medium sized city called Lake Forest, and that's down the street from my house. There was an Amici's. So I grew up, this is the pizza place that I grew up eating at, like, my entire life. Uh, um, is Lake Forest thought to be, like, fancy? It seems fancy. No. No, it's not. Irvine fa- is fancier than Lake Forest. I, I, is there a reputation for Lake Forest? Like, people go, oh, no. you're Lake Forest. Nothing? No, okay. not at all. <laughs> I, I'm not a Southern California kid, so I don't I don't know. These uh, I mean, not to my knowledge. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. Um, okay. But anyways, I grew up on this pizza. It's my favorite. And I... Ca- I talked to you about this right. already, Jerry, but like I can't tell if I love it so much because it's good it's or because of the nostalgia right. thing. Right. So like this was the pizza that I was trained to like to me, pizza is this Amici's pizza. So I uh brought you over a small pizza uh, from Amici's. Is that a small for New Year? Well, it's a medium. Okay. But like it, a small It's kind of a like small medium. Tiny, yeah, tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Personal. Um so anyways. Don't go breaking my heart, but what did you think? <laughs> uh, okay, so here's here's the land. I, I do oh, think... Oh, come on. I like this pizza, and I will get this pizza again. Like, I, I've been looking for where to go. So, like, I went to the Lamp Post. Is that what it's called? Lamp Post Pizza? Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's like Lamp Post is the place you go to after, like, a, a sport, sport game. <laughs> yes, which, which is because so you... me. Exactly me. Well, after my quarantine well, pickup games at the park, <laughs> we all go to... Lamp the um, for, there is also a lamppost in Lake Forest, but that was like after I don't know, like a, a basketball game yeah. when you're growing up, you go to um because every lamppost has like a little mini arcade. They've got the long bench tables right. that can accommodate <laughs> right. like full teams and stuff like that. Picture of soda, um, picture and I think, of beer, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think they uh, sponsor like the premise for lamppost was that like this is the place you go to after your game yeah it it does feel more uh local like uh neighborhood yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so but their pizza is it's fine it's it's again it's fine so to me like this was better than than lamppost uh no if no shade on lamppost uh but um (laughs) i would probably get from this place because it is available in uber eats as well um nice so i would probably i would probably do that so uh i it's not the best pizza i've ever had heartbreaking so i think it is sort of a nostalgia for you well you know when you grow up with stuff you just you like so it. i would say this so 
this is like the Krispy Kreme of pizzas. So it's oh. like the best of the of the like fast food. I would say this is Amici's is better than like Papa John's, oh, Pizza Hut, Domino's. For sure, for sure. I think those are those more places. the Krispy Kreme of, of pizza. Like uh, Domino's is the Krispy Kreme of because <laughs> Domino's isn't really that bad. It's not great, but it's like. It's like saying McDonald's is a great hamburger. You're like, well, it's not a great <laughs> hamburger, but it's very specific. Well, that's, that's what I was getting yeah. at. So if you go to like these artisanal yeah. pizza places, like the one across the street from my old work, I don't know if we, did we go to that one? Pizzeria Ortica? I don't think we went to, we always go to the taco so place. It's like a, it's like a fancy pizza place. Oh, we so did like go there. Go we did a, go there. We did. We went yeah, there for if dinner. If you go to like yeah. a fancy uh, pizzeria right. place like that, like an Italian sort of restaurant, you're going to get a different caliber of pizza. Yes, so that yes. would be like the sidecar. Right. No, this is your Friday night. Let's get a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. That's exactly what it is. So, but I, when we're talking <laughs> about it in context of like being on the podcast, I don't want people to be like, we went there. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> You're trying to manage expectations. Well, yeah, because there. that's exactly what it is, right? It's a difference. Between, and you know, be sure to use promo code squared co <laughs> yeah. when you order. Use promo code squared when you make your order. <laughs> that's what, that's the next level. That's your goal for this year. Get, get a partner, get or a, a sponsor. Yeah, Mac Weldon and like one of the food service things, right? Like, What's the uh, uh sponsored by Squarespace? Squarespace Squared co-sponsored by Squarespace. There you go. There you go. You <laughs> use code Mark Morris at checkout and receive an additional ten <laughs> percent. Oh, that'd be great. Use Jared and get an additional nine percent. Yeah, there you go. Can't you work out something with Doe and Arrow? <laughs> I bet you we could figure something exactly. out. Exactly. We yeah. got our. Cookie crawl 2021. Yeah. So thank you though. You did. You're constantly bringing me food. Like I'm your elderly uncle or something that can't, <laughs> <laughs> that can't leave the apartment. Uh, uh, I just get so excited. Like I want to eat these fun things and I want you to experience it too. See, I'm like the old uncle, like meh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had better pizza um, when I was a boy. We'd go to round table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I my, do. I, okay. Really? Like, I miss those old, like, we used to always go to, like, a smaller pizza place. Mainly, usually it's because it's close, you know? Like, it's the closest mm-hmm. one, so you just go there. So I do miss those days where it's everything's not a chain and uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of cute. But this one looks like a, it looks like it could be a huge chain from the box and the locations and stuff. Yeah. Um, I To be honest, like, I'm not 100% sure. I'm almost certain, though, there's maybe, like, there's, I got to say there's less than 10, I okay. think. Okay. And the, like this there's area. not a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but God, I had another thought. Oh, really quick. Just like design related kind of piece of tangent here. Have you seen the round table rebrand? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. So like in the nineties and I guess up until like maybe a few years ago. Yeah. They were very, they played up that round table, like very regal. King Arthur. King Arthur type of thing. Right. Like very cheesy, but like it worked because it's a, a, like a pizza chain, right? Like you wouldn't expect anything more or less from a pizza chain called round table. Now it's like they're trying to be cool and Uh edgy and they've got like, they're, they've come up with like a, a logo that is just an R and a T, but it's like. I want to say like spiky. So they're trying to be like edgy and they kind of threw away that 
old regal King Arthur aesthetic and have this just, I don't know. I think it's awful. Now <laughs> I'm disgusting. Now I'm obsessed. Branding. I need to go look. Oh I my need to gosh. Go. Everybody does this though, right? Everybody goes through. I've got a Like, a, but, um, remember but Treasure Island like, in Vegas? Did you ever? <laughs> oh, now it's T.I.? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's just so stupid. Uh uh, so I'm looking at the old round table logo, like they've got the shields and stuff and like right. the, kind of the offset pizza uh, little thing. Um, I'm trying to find the new I one mean, just I could, to you send know, you really quick. It's King Arthur stuff, uh, you know, that kind of theme. I, I get that that's not great. You know, it made sense when it came out. And like, I remember when we used to go when we were little, it would be much more like old timey inside the, the <laughs> pizza place itself. Yeah. Uh, like an old tavern or something like it was it was hilarious. Um, okay, let me see this. Oh, so I just said, what like what even is this? Gosh, that's really bad though. That looks like you got so, your friend's kid to do a logo for you. You know, like. But I don't even. I'm trying to see is like is the R and the T supposed to be making up an image that I can't see? That R you know is extremely I mean? strange. I can't. I can't wrap my head around what I'm looking at. Really, it's like. Oh, that's very. Now I'm like obsessed. I'm gonna find the history of this. And, and oh, you know what? I think they tried to do something and it failed. If you kind of look at it, the the top part of the R that kind of curves down. Yeah. I think that's the R and the T is supposed to make a, a knight's head. Oh, I see. Like a helmet. It's just the yeah, helmet. but it profile it of the helmet. Fails. It kind of fails. I see. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what they're trying to do, and it's but not. It, it, Working. Did not go well at all. That is so. You know what's funny is if they just did a normal treatment and put that in the corner, that could be kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like if it was like a logo, yeah. like an icon, and not so featured the way it is here. But that barely reads. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, that took me a while to get there too. Um, but yeah, I love the old. Like it's so '90s looking. I mean, they could have just updated. Um, maybe the treatment, but still keep. It's like they're throwing away yeah, uh, the history. The yeah, it's like McDonald's yeah. getting rid of the characters and all that stuff. Um, but do you remember for a while there they used to do? I think it's eighties or nineties. It wasn't like the ad campaign where those two guys that worked in Roundtable. Do you remember that? Like older guys. I don't. You know, remember, I actually don't remember any Roundtable. It was like a guy with glasses and then like a skinny guy. They always do like a fat guy and a skinny. Guy. You don't remember like Mister <laughs> B wants extra cheese. Do you remember that? Ad? Oh, no. <laughs> It's uh, so silly. I'll have to send you a link to that. It had nothing to do with yeah. uh, like the Knights of the Round Table theme. It was just two employees oh. that were working there. But they were these old guys. It's kind of they have they have so much potential to do fun stuff with that that uh, that theme. I'm surprised. I just hate how everybody goes like run with it. slick. You know, like they always want to go cool. Like uh, <sighs> like at McDonald's, even their design, like it's not fun. It's like it's cool. It's like we've got a wood slats wall. <laughs> you know, like because that's cooler than. <laughs> All the plastic uh, and color they used to have. I just, especially nowadays when everybody loves that nostalgia stuff, go hardcore in that. Like, that's what people yeah. want, you know? Like, yeah. Mm. I don't. Think if McDonald's did one, you know, like how they do that. Like, it's the original McDonald's. Like, if they just did a mm -hmm. couple of stores where they're like, this is. What was the, they had a, before the cartoon characters. Oh, Speedy, the little hamburger character yeah, yeah 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 like if they did each location like differently uh that'd be great like you'd want to go to that oh, location like, um ruby's does that yeah. ruby's diner yeah <laughs> yeah, so yeah you go to one and it's like 
all it's all like kind of 50s era stuff but like you go to one and it's you're surrounded by trains yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to another one it's like air uh airplanes another one's classic cars that's like uh um, the stupidest version of that is fries remember how fries would always do like every- oh my gosh <laughs> yes so when i and the, some of them like go extreme yes. and others are just like really kind of like kind of yeah. subtle yeah so the one I think I don't know if it's open anymore, but it was like a UFO one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their theme. So you go in and there's like aliens and UFOs, and I'm like, what kind of a store I am love I it. in right now? I love it and I hate and it. Then yeah. When I worked in San Jose for yes. like a month, I had to drive by one, and there it was like a train coming out yes. of the building. I'm like, what the heck is this? Yep. Yep. They went like extreme with those ones that was our sacramento one actually the sacramento one had a train theme and uh well, maybe it was there yeah I don't know, the one in san jose which was in campbell is like a pyramid and the building looks like an old like aztec pyramid like you take an escalator oh, outside That's escalator <laughs> up to the top of the pyramid and then inside is all like you know cheesy like statues like indiana jones looking stuff but it just cracks <laughs> me up that this big computer hardware store Right. It doesn't connect. There's like an Alice in Wonderland themed one. It's just, (laughs) it cracks me up. I'm like, this is so extra guys. Like you don't have to do all this, but. It is fun. Like, but does not seem necessary or doesn't make sense at all. It feels almost uh, Japan to me, like low budge Mm -hmm. Japan. Like Japan would do that. Have some stupid theme. unnecessary. (laughs) And then, you know, there's a restaurant inside too. And it's always like some sad yeah, it just cracks me up. It cracks me up so much. All right, we've got another question from Chris Secure here. I'm going to put these two together. In case, there's two that he asked. There's separate ones, but they kind of go together. Uh, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Mm. And we can answer that uh, with this question. Are you thinking about any conventions next year? And do you have any themes in mind? Um, I think that's the easier answer. Um, for 2021, what am I looking forward to? I am hoping things will get safer, start to reopen. I'm dying to get back into the gym yes. and into the movie theaters. The, Those are my two and things. And getting a haircut. Eh, we'll see. I mean, it might, honestly, with the hair, it might get to a point where I'll just shave. Like, if this goes on another, like, three months, I might just shave my hair. Oh, I considered that, but I keep pulling back my hair, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. That looks, you look <laughs> not great. Um, uh, well, I, I don't know if you know this. So when I was in the military, I had a shaved head for like three years. Was it shaved, straight. shaved, or did you just have really short? It was like a one yeah. on the clipper. So like the shortest I could go on a clippers. I didn't like do the, the hard rate, like a yeah. Bic yeah, 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 yeah. shaving. It was like the clippers, but the shortest setting. Oh my gosh. It looks like your hair grows out really fast though. So that probably wouldn't be too bad. You could have done that at the beginning of this and then. Oh yeah. Had I known, I might yeah. have done that, but. I think um, my head is too big for that. I think it'll just look, you know, like a, how Boba Fett looked in this one. You're like, oh, geez, it looks, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> uh, and then the other part, what convention are you thinking about? So Decon's the one that, you know, Jared and I usually kind of team up on yeah. together. Uh, I think the last, 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 was it 2018 or? Nineteen. Nineteen. When we did Lightbox? Yeah, 19 was Lightbox. That's the only other yeah. one. I think, um. So Decon's the one that I know we're planning on doing again. I don't know. Just because that's towards the end of the year, we can see how the rest of the year goes. We probably won't commit to any others, but 
Yeah, decon. But you got uh, sure. you go to Comic Con. So are you looking forward to that? Like, do you think that's going to be a possibility uh, this year? I don't. I don't think Comic Con. I honestly don't even know if it's going to happen. If they do, though, would you go? I don't think so. Yeah, not this year. If you're vaccinated, um, would you go? No. Yeah. I think I'm just this like take it off. We'll see where everything is at Decon because that's the end of the year. That's what I got. Like that, it's only because Decon is in November that I'm thinking like yeah. that. We have a good chance. We for can. That. I think at that point we can assess and figure out like, are we all comfortable? Is it? Are there going to be enough people there where it even makes sense? Every con, every signing I do, every trip like Florida afterwards, I get sick every single time. So I'm mm. like, that makes me even more like nervous about it. Did you get sick after Lightbox? Uh, yeah, I did get sick. Like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> that one was a little less touchy touchy though. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Cause it wasn't as crowded yeah. and intense as, um, decon is. And a lot of these others, especially because that was the first year, I think. Right. It tends to be a lot of talking though. So I'm usually mm-hmm. just, you just feel kind of tired and worn out after it. So I think I just, maybe I just feel yeah. sick. I don't really get, bad uh mm. designer con i usually get sick but that's probably too because of the time of year and you know it's it's well the volume the number of people are yeah and you're hugging and yeah. touching people more at that one i think <laughs> that, and it's dense it's like denser um uh, yeah but for themes i so i always want to like go and i'm hoping we can get it together sooner this year so i can actually execute a really mm-hmm. fun and functional booth i think for when we did the we teamed up and did the arcade units i think that looked visually really cool but i always forget like how tight and crowded it gets when swarms of people come in so i really want to figure out a way this year to design something cool for your booth but also practical if you know you get a a swarm of people at one point yeah um that's always been the, the kind of the struggle where it might look cool um but having it be more practical what i think uh i don't know we don't have to discuss this on here actually but (laughs) uh, so my thought too i was having the same exact thought but my thought was that if we i need to organize uh, the stock behind the table better Mm -hmm. so that we can condense that so we can pull the table back a little and make it a little bit more uh like front uh i would like to have more display area you know what i mean because it's so Mm -hmm. hard once like three people are there, it's blocking, you're yeah. blocking well, people out. It also depends too if if you're going to get a corner booth too because then you have access to two On the side, yeah. Yeah, um, areas. Which would be great to say like, go pay around the corner or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they'll take your yeah. money over there or something. So I was thinking you could either have like, if, if that is the case, I saw this a lot at uh, Comic-Con where corner booths would have like a menu on one side yeah. And you can look at all of the things you can buy and you figure out what you want. And then you go around to the front and say, like, okay, I want the this print, that print, and this pin mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, I don't know. It's hard you know, because it, you, know, you do want it to be sort of social and it ends up being very social. So if someone sees you, they walk up and you're just talking wherever they are. Right. So now they're blocking the menu side. It's hard to yeah. sort of keep that like in a flow unless you're some big company where you know it's just like the right. thing so I, don't, I do love that show though it's so fun to see everybody and, mm-hmm. and and you know everything else feels sort of secondary you just don't want people walking away because a crowd attracts a crowd so it's like you know you're missing out when it gets crowded well, yeah, there's, because that, people are there's that balance yeah they're not right? gonna you want, like, wait you don't want it to be extremely long but you want a sort of a buzz to build up around yeah whatever you have set up yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I would like to get like just grabbing the prints to streamline that process is huge. Yeah, I think we got to have come up with a system behind because like you're pulling them out um, to sign them to to put them back in the bag and well, the take other money. The other <laughs> issue is too like so whoever does the most handling of the prints gets like a mental system down. Yeah. But that doesn't translate to everybody else. Right, right. So it's like before you get to that point, everybody should be on the same page going into it. So it's like, okay, this section is for this. We're going to have yeah. these prints here. And There's usually blah, blah, three blah. of us, which is great because it's like one person mm. can be fussing with the money, which always takes much longer than you think it's going to. <laughs> um, and then someone's grabbing the prints and then I could like sign the prints and then get it back in the bag right. or, but um yeah, we just didn't have a good behind the scenes like like we didn't even have a table where I could put the print down to sign it. Like that was mm-hmm. a big like where do we go do this and stuff. So I think well, also like that. It, it, sometimes it feels like 10 by 10 is a lot of room, but it gets filled up so quick. I shouldn't bring a wagon of snacks. That might have to <laughs> <laughs> might have to cut that back a maybe, little bit. Maybe just a backpack per yeah, day. Yeah, there you go. Of instead of a, a whole wagon buffet. <laughs> I will say it's nice when we're together though. Like having Miguel on one side, it, it's nice that you can mm. kind of push into other places or you can talk Area, to people yeah. when you're not busy and or you can say, watch this for me or or something like that. Well, that's the biggest part is having somebody you trust that like where you're comfortable leaving your setup for a bathroom break or to go run, say hi to somebody or pick something up. So our plan is right. Lou Lander, uh, the Clarks, Miguel and us all on one continuous row. Uh, So that is what we supposedly paid for. Um, and hopefully that is what we get uh, when we get the reassignment. Uh, I don't think we even got assignments this time. Um, I don't think it made it. Well, that yeah, far. I mean, yeah, we we secured the booths, but I don't think we got like a location. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, and that was another one, like like Wonder Woman. They kept saying like, "Oh, we're yeah. still confident it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen." And then like very end. last minute. Yeah, like because uh, I knew I'm like happen. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> like I, right. I had already decided like I, I won't do it if that's the case. So, yeah, but we'll see. Do you so okay? I know Chris Lee and Tony Bowie um, mm. and like Hundred Soft. They do. They used to do a lot more. I think they just do like they do WonderCon, Comic Con, and Designer Con. Mm. Those seem to be good for them. Do you have any, like, would you be interested in doing another show or convention? Uh, or did it, like just stick to the one? I wouldn't mind. I, I, like, I don't really. You don't have to commit to it. I'm no, just, I know. I'm just, just a, speculating. You're asking here. I don't really like the cons personally. Um, mm-hmm. They're a social thing and that's great. I love it. But to me, the, to put all the effort into like a designer con, like that feels good to me because it feels more like a showcase. It feels more promotional to me than a, mm-hmm. than a moneymaker. If I were to have to go hardcore into the moneymaking aspect of this, then yes, I'd have to look at, but we'd be running a much tighter ship than we currently are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could come to that. I could become more interested in that, but the idea of, of so much merchandise, I just, I hate doing that. <laughs> like, That's the hard part of yeah. it too. Cause when we, when I was curating shows and producing merch, like, no matter how good um, yeah. like sales were for a thing, you have to have this just a huge stock and in inventory. Yeah. And you have to almost have like either a, a warehouse, not a warehouse, but like a, what do you call that? Storage unit. 
Yes. Yeah. You have to have a storage unit or like a room or garage dedicated to yeah. the inventory. Which is now another so, price on top of what you're already paying right. for the merchandise. So and yeah. You've got to figure out like weigh the cost to store it versus what you're making and if that makes sense. So like that's why it's do fun you, to do it with you. Like if you decided not to do it anymore, I probably wouldn't probably wouldn't do it anymore. Because <laughs> I don't like it that much to do it on my own or to, to try to make try to make money that way. It's a lot of work. So like for these people, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Chris, what's his name? That <laughs> I can never say his last name. He does all the prints, oh, you know, ke- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, him. He him. like, he is hardcore shows and he does amazing and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but he literally does every show that's out there. He goes to Asia and does. Well, that's, yeah, like, I was going to say, that's a I think business. In your 20s, maybe 30s, yeah. you can handle doing that like for an extended period. But, but he's got like once staff. Once you start getting older, like and, and I'm, but I'm dead after a convention. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't like that part of it enough. You know, like it's why I wouldn't want to have my own like physical store either. Like I just don't want to get into that nitty gritty yeah. of doing that because it changes the process and you really have to sell, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know, I just. It would zap the fun of just doing this one a year and throwing everything into the Christmas of cons, you know, like that's, that's how I think of it. So thanks for the question, Chris. All right. Do you have anything that you're, okay, this, so for real, this is the last thing. I don't really do this. I know I tried to kind of fake it the last, maybe a couple years ago, Um, but resolutions, uh, do you have any, do you do this? It's such a, something that like you're going to try and be mindful of i know that like so if you don't do a hardcore like resolution try and stick to it i know it's impossible not to like reflect on the past year during these times and like kind of mentally at the very least say like okay i would like to try and do right blah 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 right do you have any that you're looking to do this year or anything that you want to share in in that sort of vein so i've been eating like crap since october basically so um (laughs) i think so october Come on. So I'm going to try to get a little bit back on track and, and try to get more in. Like I've been doing some little bits of workout at home, whatever you can do. I don't like it, but I think I should try to be a little more <laughs> serious about it. So uh, hopefully as we move, because I still feel the gym is a, way, is a ways off. Um, mm. So I feel like I, I do want to get back on track. That's kind of something you do every year though. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, but it's been such a shitty year. Like to me, it's just sort of like these really floofy, touchy feely kind of you know like just kind of appreciating things a little bit more like you know before yeah. i would complain about like like i'm supposed to go to dinner with this group and Ugh. and now i'm like okay you should enjoy <laughs> that kind of stuff don't be so that way about it just kind of that but i mean it's such a bad year like let's just get back to normal and then we'll, we'll worry about fixing it yeah 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 so that's uh just that's a big thing for me too is just i don't know trying to I guess be prepared for when stuff, you know, kind of goes back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't waste time. Like, you know, like, yeah. And, and this makes me feel like everything's very precious. Like it can be taken away so quickly and easily and without, without warning, without like a slow decline, you know, like, so something like a Wonderground Gallery closing, I wouldn't have, even mm-hmm. with this pandemic, I didn't think, oh, for sure. That means Wonderground is closing. Like that's a, terrible thing to happen um so it's like you start thinking in terms of like well you should be better prepared for these kinds of things right because you never know Mm -hmm. when things are going to change so i think i think that kind of stuff in general that's a terrible i I didn't sort of like (laughs) paraphrase that well but it's it's like that like yeah be prepared don't waste time 
Be prepared. That's my goal. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, all right. All right. Wrap it well, up. On that note. Yep. Uh, all righty. Um, well, thank you guys for your questions. Uh, Chris and Dave. Yeah. Our good <laughs> friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch our videos. Uh, well, I think. Watch our videos. You can. Yes. I think I will. I don't know. Maybe not every episode, but I'll probably throw that out there every once in a while. So if you are following Squared Co. and you do have a question for us, keep an eye out for those. Um, I'll try and do that. I don't know, maybe once or twice a month for before our records. Alrighty, sounds good. So you can get your questions answered. Also, like Jared just said, be sure to watch us on Instagram Live. We're doing it every Sunday around ten thirty, give or take. Uh, so. Yeah, if you're interested. But in they are up on my um, Instagram account, uh, the IG live stuff. Too. Yes, you can. So find if you do there. miss it live, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, you can always watch it after the fact. Right. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening today and for this past year. Please stick around in 2021. Listen to us even more. <laughs> All right, but that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you later. Happy New Year. Even you can't be caught unawares. Oh! I hope for the chance of a lifetime. Be prepared for sensational news. A shiny new era is tiptoeing nearer. And where do we feature? Just listen to teacher. I know it sounds sordid, but you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And injustice deliciously square. It's just my wrestling arm will be big, yeah. <laughs>